Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the founder of Impact Your Fitness and the Think Fit Be Fit podcast network. I'm also certified in muscle activation techniques, RX, full body. Um, I am a certified exercise physiologist and a health educator in exercise as medicine in lifestyle medicine. I inspire and educate everyone to build resilience and knowledge to boost their quality of health and fitness. The Think Fit Be Fit podcast network is a refreshing change of pace from how you would normally talk about fitness. Think about it like this, seeing things from multiple perspectives and gaining a deeper understanding of how things really work will help you achieve greater fitness, health, and wellness. So this is done on two shows on the same feed, and there are three hosts, myself, Gregory Gordon, and Dr. Paul Joris. We have accumulated over six decades of education and experience that is infused with a little bit of humor, helpful anecdotes, and thought-provoking discussions that will keep things engaging and lively. Today is May 5th, 2021 in the States. We call this Cinco de Mayo. And it is a very special day because on May 2nd was the Think Fit Be Fit podcast, third birthday. So our first episode was published on May 2nd, 2018. We recorded them in March. So in my... my in my creative heart, that's when I consider the birthday. But the first published episode is um, was May 2nd, 2018. So I'm taking this opportunity to do a solo cast on one of the most important reasons I started this podcast, which was to encourage curiosity and creative thinking about our exercise and to, I guess uh, this is the third big, big thing. And that is to be able to, to dismantle bias when it comes to exercise. I think that this is something um, that is hard for all of us. And I go through this on a regular basis. I dismantle my biases when it comes to this, uh, my professional career, my personal agenda when it comes to exercise and fitness. And a lot of this podcast is me going through that. The questions that I ask my guests, the people that I collaborate with are all in that mindset. So I wanted to start by one saying that this podcast and podcasting in general does put a fire in my soul. It literally fills up a creative hole that I had. And I really want to thank you guys for listening and for letting me do that. So first and foremost, thank you for this, you know, having an audience, just being here and being you and being curious. So, and, and that's not something we get, we can just like conquer is being open-minded. We have to continually go back and question our assumptions and question 
how we are conducting ourselves um, because there are just so many protective mechanisms in our brain uh, that are kind of hardwired in there and they're imprinted without us consciously giving permission for them to be there. And why this is important for exercise is that people are missing out on so much benefit from exercise because they're stuck in these cycles. Worse, uh, it can coddle fear, these beliefs, it can coddle an injury. And really the, the bottom line is we have so much in our body that is it just stuck there when we don't exercise. And I just believe that if we're not moving regularly, um, minimum, you know, 150, 300 minutes a week, we are doing our body a huge disservice. And I think it can impact our life in so many different ways. And how it plays out just in the typical week to week issues of working out. You know, uh, people will have hired a personal trainer. They seem like a nice person, but they just don't see the lasting results. They might buy a program and they just ditch it halfway through. And you were just told that you need to get more willpower, try again. And that's, um, I think that's just doing a disservice in general. And there's just more, there's just so many layers to this in the fitness industry. And as I just dig into more science, as I sit, um, not sit, as I work with people in my clinic and am seeing miraculous changes in their body and their movement every single week, week in, week out, it is absolutely uh, my mission to help us all get um, more out of this fitness industry that's incredibly noisy, it's overwhelming, it's majorly unregulated, and that I think this is the best way for me to be cleaning up this mess um, of the fitness industry, right? It's my mission to help us navigate the fluff and get into the results. And also, the yeah, of course, this podcast is a part of that, but I've also created this course, Be Your Own Exercise Guru, because I want you to become your own personal trainer. And even if you buy programs and have a trainer and take small classes, you can still use this class to absolutely customize your exercise and give yourself this gift of efficiency, potency, and uh, and work with a plan that actually works. So, you know, this episode is as much a call to action as it is kind of an advertisement for my course and a and a way for me to honor all this questioning and curiosity and what that had that growth that has been that I have seen through this process of three years inside this podcast, um, you know, it just keeps coming back that we are the answer. If we learn how to work with our body better, we can be the change. And the reason why this is very important to me is because I went against the grain 
and questioned bias from the very beginning of my career. So while I can't relate to a lot of my clients about um, having chronic pain and, and really fighting through that and digging myself out of that hole, what I can relate to is recognizing that something needed to change with the way that sports injuries in general were, were being handled in my case. And that started when I was a youngster. Um, I first injured my knees when I was 15. And by the time I was 19, I had already had three surgeries. Fast forward, by the time I was 25, I had accelerated arthritis, which is a real re a reality for every athlete that has had ACL reconstruction in their uh, youth um, sports career. And, you know, they don't, of course they don't really talk about that. I, that's a whole nother subject I want to get into, but anyways, so I fast forward, I really saw that, you know, the, the typical solutions that were presented to me, which were, you know, stretch, try physical therapy, which was like balancing on a ball and like throwing stuff. And it just wasn't enough. I knew it wasn't stimulating enough or precise enough. And most of my clients know that too. Like I'm saying this with so much conviction because 95% of the people I work with have a similar story and they make full, re you know, full recoveries. And, you know, the other option was like chiropractic, which, you know, I didn't feel like had anything to do with my knee. And I started questioning and I found muscle activation techniques. It helped me strong, be stronger and it changed my posture. It changed the way I move like almost immediately within a couple hours. And since then I have dove into biomechanics, how the muscle system works, how the muscles can support the bones and the structure of our body and I've built my whole career on that assumption that muscles support the structure and that if we strengthen the muscles, we have a healthier structure. And now I'm sitting here in 2021, which is more than 15 years later, about 15 years later, uh, fully mobile, flexible, strong. I have freedom in my movement. I have no pain while I still have torn ligaments in my knees and a good amount of arthritis in one of them. So the change that I just spoke about is all of us getting curious about how good we can feel and being open to new ideas. So the way that we have to look at that to move forward is looking at this natural human tendency to have implicit bias, and I would even say emotional bias towards the opposite, which is protecting ourselves and coddling ourselves. Okay, so I just, I'm almost finished this book. Uh, it's called Perception. It's written by two people, but it's mainly a body, it's mainly about the body of work of a psychologist called Dennis Prophet out of University of Virginia. And he does this really cool stuff with how people, how emotions shape our body. And it's just like such a, a really fun thing to think about, but it's also 
really overwhelming because there's just all this um, under the surface uh, conspiracy almost against us in our own mind. And I know that's definitely sounds nuts. So let me uh, tell it to you from the perspective of the book. It really tells the story of how something called the Umwelt works, which is how we shape our perception based on our biology. And uh, I've spoken about this before because it I think it's just so important to be to understand if we want to thrive in this uh, world that we live in. So, for example, our uh, the size and the shape of the things that we see or how we perceive are scaled to the size of our bodies and then our ability to also interact with them. So stairs look less steep as dieters lose weight. Baseballs grow bigger, the better the players can hit the ball. Hills look less steep or less daunting if you're standing next to a close friend. And learning happens faster when you can talk with your hands, which is exactly what I'm doing now. I'm actually on the chapter of gesturing right now. And it's really fascinating about how that works across different cultures. Uh, anyways, so this guy's really done his research and it shows that when we look into this, each area of how we communicate with the world and how we perceive that we can either build up ourselves or tear down the way that we move forward. And sometimes it takes courage. Um, sometimes it's tenacity and just straight up willpower. But like, <laughs> and that's because when our bodies have extra fat on them, uh, we actually perceive things as harder. Doesn't every trainer need to know about this? Doesn't every... um. I don't know, dieter need to know this. Like, so we don't have to look at ourselves and say, oh, I need more willpower. And that's it to accomplish this. They need to understand and give themselves permission to proceed. I proceed with courage. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think that's like super interesting. We also have so much Im implicit bias when it comes to how we perceive different people of different races, of different sexualities. And, you know, that personally, as a very open person kind of grosses me out that we just like subject ourselves to accepting these um, biases that we didn't agree to. They were just put into us, not really even put into us. They were just given, uh, we were, were just operating with them to protect ourselves. So when it comes to fitness, we have to kind of understand that's where our bodies are operating from. This is our baseline. So the, the, and NPR just covered this. So I'm kind of taking a cue from their book as to what they, um, what they were talking about as far as like how to get over implicit bias. And the reason why they were covering it is it has to do with politics and the polarity of what's going on with the vaccines and how we can, you know, be healthy questioners. And I think that is like such an important takeaway is that we can be healthy questioners and we can be open, but it takes this um, step and, this step that's very important, and that is to be calm when you hear something that challenges your bias. 
when you realize that something, you know, that you said that you were wrong uh, and that you may have just learned it from an early age or you were just protecting yourself from some childhood trauma and it's okay. It's just, that's the way it is. And when it comes to exercise, some of these things are built up in gym class when we were in fourth grade. And there was a study that was done in 2018 that just proves just that it surveyed a couple thousand people and looked at how their uh, attitudes towards gym class were playing out in their fitness later on. And guess what? They were just totally correlated. If you had negative feelings about your gym class experience, you had a uh, negative outlook on fitness. I mean, how frustrating is that? <laughs> so um, I hope all the educators hear that one. And I hope that we can see that our attitudes towards fitness and our beliefs can come directly from some, from some BS that your mom believed in 1975, <laughs> you know? Um, and I know like some of mine, you know, even did. And I question my, my beliefs on a regular basis, as I've already said, that's like my badge of honor, I guess. And one that I'm questioning now is, uh, diagnosis. Um, when we receive a diagnosis, what happens? Uh, what happens to our outlook? You know, how do we navigate that? And I also am looking at that from different angles of chronic pain, angles of ageism in our culture. You know, I'm a pretty progressive a person when it comes to age and exercise, but I'm also going back and questioning that based on a TED talk I saw. I thought it was, it, you know, it was eye-opening even for me, for someone who is vehemently against people saying, oh, I'm just getting old. But then what am I doing when I'm just like fighting age off, right? Um, so yeah, I'm questioning that big time. And you also saw me doing this with my um, series, Love to Move. I wanted to share with you guys what I was learning about the immune system and fat and obesity, right? Um, there's just so much to unpack there culturally and within myself. So to wrap up this exciting episode, uh, I wanted to bring up some research that I've just been gathering and, and reading and looking at in my role as a co-author and a educator and share this stuff with you guys because it is an opportunity to open your mind up to something new. And it's, you know, some of the stuff is really cool, but you really have to have that moment of, oh, wait a minute. I thought it was like this. And then like have that moment of calm and then you decide to be open. So that is your instruction. That's your step-to-step, step-by-step guide to becoming more curious and intellectually motivated to exercise. And I want to call this beneficent exercise. So something that we can all benefit from. So I found one study and that is resistance training, uh, resistance exercise is linked to reduced anxiety. 
And this is data that was pulled from 16 papers with a total of 900 plus participants. And they were assigned to do resistance training or to be inactive. And resistance exercise in this uh, group of studies was associated with a reduction in anxiety symptoms, regardless of whether the participants had a mental health disorder. So the there was there was a more pronounced effect in healthy people who didn't report any physical or psychological issues, but the positive effects of exercise training on mental health are well established. But a lot of this stuff is based on aerobic exercise, so that's why. I said, oh, we really need this in the conversation because resistance training is not usually thought of in the context of mental health benefits. Those of us that do it totally understand the uh, the beautiful exchange you can have in the weight room with your anxiety and stress, but not the research doesn't show it until now. And another one that challenges the same bias that, you know, aerobic exercise is just the king of all exercise and that this is the type of exercise that our doctors need to be pushing on people. This is a challenge to that, that, uh, very, uh, that bias. Okay. And so this one is a paper from 2015. The one I just mentioned was from 2017, but this one, uh, European journal of internal medicine, Muscular strength as a strong predictor of mortality. So this is really cool. This is muscular strength is inversely and independently associated with all-cause mortality. So the association has been reported that muscular strength is a modifiable risk factor and is should be of great public interest. And it is moving in that way because the WHO, um, the World Health Organization, just came out with their 2020 recommendations and resistance training is in there. So they did a really good job of defining basically the bottom of our, you know, where the floor is for how much exercise we need. But they didn't do a good, they don't do any anything for defining the ceiling of the exercise. And the ceiling of the exercise is that um, we don't know it. You know, we don't know how much exercise is enough, how much of it is good. Uh, this is all probably personal, you know, a personal definition, right? A personal mission. However, the idea that muscular strength, resistance training belong in, in the conversation about, you know, preventing and treating chronic illness has to start. And so our by so our job listeners is you might know this, you might understand this, but what happens when we take it to our parents? What happens when we take this to our, just the elders around us, right? Um, what happens when we take this to even women in my age group who don't understand that strength training does not equal a certain body uh, development, right? A lot of women are just really focused on if they lift too many weights, they're going to get bulky. And what if we tell them this? Um, are we going to, we're challenging their bias. We're challenging something that is culturally 
imprinted into their brain that they've just, they didn't make a decision to accept this, right? It is woven in there. And then anytime they can, they just use that to rationalize whatever it is that they want to do. So to take that next step, to challenge yourself, to get to the next level, we have to step back, open up, take a breath, accept that we had a bias in the first place, and then, and then actually move on and evolve with the science, with the things that are coming to light. And if there's, and let me, I'm just like really quickly looking over this paper. I'll definitely put it in the show notes, just a, uh, you know, just a, what's it called? <laughs> a citation. But I um, think it's a really cool time to dismantle these uh, biases because we're going to live longer people. And, um, each generation has more life ahead of them than the generation before. Now there's some are, there's some numbers about obesity and whatnot and childhood diabetes and autoimmunity that might say otherwise, I will say that, but I think the overall outlook is that things can, you know, have the potential to move in that direction because we have the technology to do it. And if we're going to be uh, productive members of society, we being physically grounded and physically strong is a huge tool for that goal. It is, uh, I don't want to say it's like absolutely necessary because it's not. There's all kinds of um, abled, other abled bodies that can do lots of things without the strength that I have and that's not what I'm saying, but, you know, aging with intensity and health is an uphill battle. And so if we are, if we were all game for that, we need to dismantle these biases about muscular strength um, and resistance training as a sign and a contributor to our health. Uh, so Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I had a really good time going through this and I feel better sharing my story with you. If you want to join me on the Be Your Own Exercise Guru course, the doors are open. I know the price is going up May 20th. I don't know when we're closing the doors, but it will be sometime soon after that. Please head on over to impactyourfitness.net slash virtual studio or hit go into the show notes and let us know, uh, you know, let us know, click the link in the bio and also sign up for the newsletter. I have a really fun newsletter that comes from me once a month. That's called the fitness brain food. And it's really what I'm writing about, what I'm challenging, what I'm learning about. And then we have our just regular podcast updates. So you don't miss a thing. The fitness for consumption show is staying on the think fit, be fit network. So that high quality education will be on our feed, but you still don't want to miss a show. So make sure you subscribe and get, get those downloads, get those notifications right on your phone. We publish like six times a month and I cannot wait to hear from you and see you on the newsletter or on social at think fit, be fit podcast. Of course, think uh, Instagram and Facebook 
And then me on Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz, where I'm really actively pushing the boundaries and showing you guys how to question things and be involved with really elevated self-care and strength training. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great week.